0: Ironically, we have Raheem Edwards as a left winger, and we don't ever play him.
1: Over the
2: moon ecstatic
1: to have won the the <laughs> spoon line. Yeah, we worked we worked real hard to win it our first couple of years in the MLS, but so we could just never <laughs> we could never quite get there, you know.
0: I'm picking Jassie Zardes. No. Here's what.
1: Oh. Hey, welcome to the Dummy Run Podcast, a minnesota headed leaning MLS podcast that may mention the USL from time to time. I'm Malice McCracken. He's Grant Hirschberger. Grant, I am feeling very, very good about today's episode. I had the opportunity to talk to Drew, who is with the Supporters' Shield Foundation. If you came here for that part of the episode, we'll be sure to drop the timestamp. Uh, super great talk with him. Couldn't be happier. Uh, really, really good day today.
0: Awesome. Well, at least you're feeling good um, and not exhausted from last night's game. Because I I think uh, on initial watching, it sounds like a lot of people are pretty tired, exhausted, worn out, beat down. Whatever synonyms you want to use. So how were
1: you able to watch the game last night? That was really the big topic going in was that, again, Hulu loses uh, regional Fox Sports, leaving everyone down to just two options in terms of how to watch Fox Sports North. What was your point of uh,
0: how are you able to do it yeah so um i have espn plus um which is fantastic i really like it uh i used a vpn and just typically set my location as chicago and watch the game um but i can tell from social media that a lot of people are pretty frustrated we
1: heard uh, or we saw rather kansas city tweet at them saying they're not happy with it um you know, we'll, I use a VPN as well. Actually, last night I watched with friends at, at their place, um, so I didn't need to do that because they had cable. Uh, but I did set up a VPN and then I used that to rewatch the game today. So it'll be interesting to see what becomes of that going forward. Um, definitely uh, annoying because, you know, it's it's greed. Uh, hopefully we, we come to a result soon.
0: Yeah, it just seems silly um, knowing how many people aren't gonna go ahead and break and buy cable so you're just cutting out fans and mls i don't think is popular enough right now that you can leverage that kind of um fan loyalty you know it's not like they're cutting out the green bay packers or the chicago bears or the minnesota vikings where people are going to immediately jump to whatever you're broadcasting it on it just seems like a very short-sighted choice and you're going to quickly lose fans and revenue
1: Mm. annoying but um Hopefully you all found a way to listen to or watch the match. Uh, last and you didn't night, miss
0: much if you didn't, you didn't see miss it, I'm going to say that, you didn't so, miss much.
1: Let's get into it, last night we go down to uh, Cincinnati, playing them for the second time this year, um, and only the third time ever they said in MLS play, which I thought it had been more, um, but it was actually just the third time ever, ever which I guess makes sense. Um, Well, if
0: you go by our goal differential, it it looks like it should be more (laughs) considering that 7-1 drubbing. Uh, Oh, the good old days. Uh, uh,
1: Reynoso doesn't start. He's he's in 18. He doesn't start, which I don't think is super surprising. You know, we had talked throughout the week that we weren't sure, um, you know, it sounded like he was going to play, weren't sure if he was going to start. It really just came down to how sick he was and how much training he was doing. Um, He didn't start, which leads us to believe he was, um, you know, not able to to do much training and, and Heath wanted to give him. Uh, you know, give him some extra rest. Uh, but the more surprising fact, maybe Edwards not in the 18 last night.
0: Yeah, what is going on with that?
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm frustrated. It's the 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 Heath doghouse thing is. I mean to have. I mean, unless there's something going on that we don't know about. If it's just the doghouse thing, I think it's ridiculous to not have Edwards in the 18.
0: You know, I think we have to look through all of these selections, lineups, uh, bench choices, with fair goggles, assuming that of course there are things that we don't know that are happening in practice, day to day, game plan situations that you think one player brings a certain attribute over another player. So there may be reasons for that. And I've tried to give Heath the benefit of the doubt frequently. um, But it seems very, at least recently, it seems very frequent that there are choices that just don't make a lot of sense. I think the last three, four games we've played, Raheem would have made a really big difference on the field and could have impacted the game, in my opinion. We've seen him do it before. He's looked great in the appearances he's made. So uh, can you think of anything that would keep Raheem out of the 18? I, I just can't. It, it's got, yeah, If
1: if unless he's nursing an injury that we don't know about. Um, I, I mentioned last week that Heath had said a few players were, were on injury that he didn't really want to speak to. Um, other than that... It, there just doesn't seem to be any excuse for it unless he did something to piss Heath off. And Heath is showing him that that he's not going to put up with that, which maybe it's petty. I know that, you know, uh, we had this issue in the past and I think sometimes something comes to light and you realize, like, oh, actually, I do kind of support that. If that's how he's acting, by all means, keep him at the 18 because we don't want that in the locker room. But it doesn't seem like that's Raheem. I, don't, I just don't see him doing that. Um, you know, when you hear something like Chacon was... Being, you know, not giving his all, or he felt like he didn't need to run after games, or something, or whatever it is, I can kind of see it, but I don't get that that vibe from Raheem Edwards. So for him to not be an 18, left my head, you know, left left me scratching my head. So um we'll see, we'll see what that goes. We know we'll see yeah. where that goes.
0: Regardless, he was out, which was was strange. We had uh Schoenfeld, Shacon, Reynoso, Jacory Hayes, Marlon Hairston, James Musa. Jose Aja and surprisingly, Brent Coleman um, is back on the bench. Uh, seems strange, in my opinion, to carry two center backs, but I don't know, what do you think?
1: Yeah, and maybe, maybe we'll see that Heath has a plan where, you know, next week it'll be Edwards and not someone else, and he's got some formation he's starting. Um, it was interesting. Very
0: strange. But well, What do you think of that first half?
1: So last night I was watching with friends and I was very discouraged about the whole match. Um, even when we won, I was left feeling like very, very discouraged about the way that we played. But on re-watching it today, I don't know if it was just the bias that I knew we were going to win in the end. I was much more encouraged. So um, still the first half was rough. We came out looking like we weren't even off the plane yet. Um, and on the flip side, Cincinnati came out looking very strong. Um, and in the first you know, few minutes. I Cincinnati,
0: think Cincinnati is definitely a weird team. Uh, this COVID thing has had a lot of teams repeat playing others, which I think leads to strange standings. Um, you also see strange things where they've got a 2-1 loss to DC United, the 25th ranked team in 26 teams, and then a 2-1 victory over the Columbus Crew, which is the third ranked team in the league. So, you know, you see those back and forth, a 0-0 tie and a 3-0 loss to the crew. Um, They've lost to NYCFC, which is the 8th ranked team, 4-0. And they've also lost 2-1, which is pretty close. They've also beat New York Red Bull uh, twice, which is the 11th ranked team. So, it's not a team I think you can just nail down and say they're just objectively bad. Like, I think DC United is just bad. FC Cincinnati looks like a team that's got good pieces, but they're kind of just wandering. I, I kind of feel like they feel like us in those first couple of years where they're looking for that just real direct team leader and that you know team direction, um, but they're weird. I just don't think they're as bad as people think they are. They're not good, and we should have done better, but they've got some chippy pieces for in For sure. There. They've had a tough schedule and they've had
1: some good results. I think that, especially when you playing them at home, um, they're not a team that is probably as bad as their standings would lead them to believe. Because right now they're at the bottom of the Supporters' Shield race, so they've definitely had their issues. But it, especially when I rewatched it today, I wasn't as discouraged. Um, but yes, we come out the first, especially the first, you know, a couple of minutes, but really the first half. Um, was really rough, you know, and and it started e- even in just like the seventh minute. Molino like picks up the ball, and starts going up the field, and just like runs into two people, and they just like take the ball from him and go the other way, and it was just like, oh man, is it going to be one of those nights? And it kind of was at first in the first half. Um, you know, seventeenth minute they had a really good sh- chance that they put over. Um, in the thirtieth minute, Matenay tries to take that quick free kick, and just like gives it to them. He gives it to Jan, who has a person on him, and they like take it and go the other way. The 38th minute, there's another great chance. Like that first half was just them shooting, you know, missing their opportunities. If they had done better to finish, we would have been, you know, we could have been 3 nailed down going into halftime very easily. Oh,
0: without a doubt. Without a doubt. I thought that that 17th minute chance off the corner, um, number three, Tom Petterson puts it right over with the volley. I thought that was in. I was, I gasped. I dropped my drink. I clutched my pearls. I was just, uh, not set up for a great afternoon. I do want to take one quick second. This is a little off topic, and you may have to rain me and Alex. There's a lot of great flow on FC Cincinnati, and I don't oh, mean game flow. I mean their hair just like immaculate. all hockey, all state hockey hair. It's just incredible. You' got number eighteen goalkeeper Spencer Ritchie. he kind of. I don't know, it still looks like he's just trying to decide if he wants to grow it out or cut it, and you just can't have that kind of waffling as a goalkeeper. The, the bluest eyes I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine trying to take a goal kick, a pools, kick against pools him. Pools of ocean, Pacific yes. water right there. And then uh, number 14, Nick Hagland has some real healthy-looking locks. He's got some solid shine. His hairband kind of gives him these middle part bangs that I feel like he's out there looking like the uh, Jonathan Pele Thomas. Sure. Yep. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That was yep. a bit of a stretch. But. Yeah, you tried. Okay. Yeah, I tried. I give it a whirl. And then uh, number three, Tom Petterson. He, great length. I mean, great length on the lettuce. A little stringy. Kind of looks like the guy at a party who's like waiting to corner you on like music topics. You know, he's just going to have some like weird Grateful Dead fact that he's going to throw at you. Oh, yeah. So great hair overall. Um, maybe,
1: we'll, maybe we'll have to add a, a best hair award type segment to the end of the year and recap some of the... Oof. That's the greatest good. locks in the league, you know. But uh, back to soccer. Yes, that seventeenth minute penalty uh, corner kick. We had a couple, a couple, you know, very poorly defended corner kicks. That one was up there. Um, and again, if 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 they weren't, if they were a better team, we definitely would have been, you know, out of it pretty quickly.
0: They almost looked surprised every time they had a chance. They had some good chances, and I mean that genuinely. You know, their shots were just really not confidently taken. Um, and they were taking kind of anything that they could get. Um, but I do think, like you're saying, um, we just didn't really shut them down the way we should have in that first half. Yeah.
1: And we had a lot of, it was a lot of self-imposed. I mean, they, they were playing well, but, you know, yeah, the the, the marking on that corner kick or, uh, the, you know, Metanera taking that quick, that quick start on an offsides um, and just giving it up, basically. Um, and then two minutes later, he had a throw in and he just like threw it clear over Kai's head right to the other team. Like, it, it was just a very strange showing from us in the uh, in the first half. A lot of yeah. miscues. A lot of miscues, man.
0: Yeah. It just, I don't know, for a team that's as veteran as we are, because really that's a positive, you know, pro and a con that you could say about this team. We're a very veteran team with players who should know how to lead and kind of how to take direction. You see on this team, like last night, moments where, it almost feels like we're looking for a leader and we don't quite have that. I don't know if that's just um, nobody on offense who's kind of taking charge or what that might be, but the the offense was just super confusing. You know, I know in the 23rd minute, Metonier just boots it right over the net on a cross.
1: I mean, not even close. Not even close. It was up into the supporter section.
0: We just look lost. And I feel like everyone's trying to force something that's not there at all.
1: Yeah, I don't – our set pieces the first half, you know, Jan had a few. He had another one that was about 40 yards out in, like, the 25th minute that just sailed over everyone out at the back. Like, and Jan used to be – and I shouldn't say the second half we'll get to. He did – everything turned around and got much better. Um, But it was, yeah, just individual mistakes, you know, um, poor touches, poor passes. Um, Our front four is definitely getting it figured out, Um, and I think they they did better, um, which we'll talk about. Um, So, and you can see it, you know, around the 18th minute, Finley tries to do an overlap with Kai, and Kai leaves the ball for Finley, and it ends up just like rolling over to nowhere land um, because we're just not there yet.
0: Well, I think part of it too is our, our positioning. So a lot has been said about Robin Lude being pushed onto the left now that Ethan Finley is back. And people have been frustrated because Robin Lude's not quite as effective on the left. And I would agree with that 100%. What's strange to me is that There's almost this unspoken movement of two of the players, of Molino and Lude, where they keep switching back and forth on the left and central, which is great, except you see a perfect example in the 40th minute. Um, Jan Gregus makes a nice interception, taps it over to the left uh, to Lude, who drifts centrally. You see Lude get to the top of the box and takes what's probably an ill-advised shot, but the point is if you freeze the screen right when Lude shoots. There's literally no one to the left of Lude besides Chase sprinting in at full speed. But within a 10-yard circle behind is Robin Lude, Kevin Molino, Jan Gregoosh, Ethan Finley, Kai Kamara, all on the right side, all kind of just standing around looking. You know, I think one of the biggest things this team needs is a true left winger. We need somebody who's not a left winger, sort of, but really a 10. That's Kevin Molino or kind of Reno. So or a left winger, maybe, but really a right winger like, you know, Robin Lude. Ironically, we have Raheem Edwards as a left winger and we don't ever play him. Yeah. I just, whatever, if Edwards isn't the guy and I understand that, sorry for the rant, but if Edwards isn't the guy, I get it, but we need someone on the left wing who is a true comfortable left winger.
1: I get when we don't have, Reynoso in, it makes more sense to do Lude on the left, Finley on the right, Molino in the center. And then when Reynoso came in later, we switched it back to out outright, Molino on the, I think Molino
0: does well on the left. I think he does too. What's confusing to me is the lineups and this is no disrespect to any players. And I get that there's a lot that goes into the decision-making process on who the starting 11 is based off work rate and how your practice was. Heath has said that over and over. So I get that. But if you look at the skill sets of some of our players, um, Robin Lude is a possession player. Kevin Molino needs a lot of possession to really do a lot. Reynoso is kind of a possession player. Ethan Finley is a counterattacking fast break player. Raheem Edwards is a counterattacking fast break player. So once again, you have a team like halfway set up for one way and halfway set up for another style of attacking and it i think it just makes things really confusing you know ethan finley isn't a possession player and robin Lude isn't a fast break catch him on the counter attack kind of player so what are we going for i think is the real question and it's been confusing to me i think the last six or seven games
1: and so this is where i am actually going to Turn a corner and be positive about last night. And All right, if we're I flipping on the positivity. If I, love I hadn't it. rewatched the game today, I don't know that I would have, because I left last night feeling very discouraged. Uh, if you know, check my Twitter account; it was it was doom and gloom, and the world you know the sky is falling. But after rewatching tonight or this morning, I will say it, again: if if Kansas if Cincinnati was a better team, we would have been left in the dust early on. But it looked as though we were working on some things and we had some ideas of how we wanted play to go play to happen going forward. Um, you know, we had a good uh, kind of a half accident chance in the 33rd minute where Jan takes a touch. That's a little too long. Um, it ends up bouncing around and kind of landing to Finley. Um, he tries to touch it over and it goes over the net. Um, but just a few minutes later, um, you know, we force a turnover and one, two, three passes. Um, and we're, you know, we're in on goal uh 44th minute jan takes a, a blast about 20 yards out um 45th minute um Debossi, you know going into halftime Debassi had that header that, that bounced off the ground and went over the net so we started to make chances and the thing that i really liked that i was seeing is that it looks like the front four are going to be heavily rotating um whether you know it's molino up top and kai Kamara kind of behind him we saw that a lot we saw um, uh, Finley and Lude switch positions. And so it seems like the, the plan is to let them be very fluid in their movement, which is going to take time for them to figure out. But I think if they can get it to work, that will be very dangerous. And there was a couple other long balls up to them where, you know, it's chase gas for booting a long ball up to Kai. And while Kai is collecting it, you know, Lude is making a run behind him. And there's those things that I'm seeing that do look very encouraging. And if we can get that to work. I think it could be something. So I saw that and it encouraged me.
0: Yeah, and I think that is encouraging. I, I can see what you're saying. And it's funny because I'm normally a positive person. I'm normally kind of the, uh, you know, put on the rose-colored lenses type guy. This game frustrated me a lot. Um, and I think one of the biggest parts of it was I can see what you're saying, but for a veteran team, I'm still seeing so many shocking... I don't want to say lazy, but the rotations aren't fast enough for what you would want from that kind of a a setup. There's a spot where, um, you know, Robin and Kevin combined very nicely for a a shot on goal by Molino, but Kamara's, you know, kind of just floating behind. It almost looks like he's filling in for Kevin, but then we signed a goal scorer who's not in a position to be scoring goals. Why isn't Kamara making that run? Why is Kevin that high up? You know, I, I understand the rotation and I don't hate it, I just think that it lends itself to so many of what our problems are, breakdowns on defense, because people are moving all around. You have to communicate on the counterattack if you're getting back on defense. That's hard when you're sprinting full speed. I don't know. I, I like the positivity though. You gotta keep talking me off the ledge. We'll see how the rest of this podcast go. I'll be, I'll be cheerier the rest of the time.
1: And it's fair. I, it wasn't the prettiest match, but I definitely, on, on re-watching it, I found areas to be encouraged about. Um, the second half we came out, uh, you know, teeth sets up to them because we came out looking even much, much better. Um the second half we we really brought together, um, and we started forcing turnovers. Um, we had counters, you know the the Cincinnati had very few chances. and the chances that they do really seem to come off of just individual dumb mistakes, which is frustrating, but seems easier to fix than, Uh, you know, being picked apart the way we saw ourselves get picked apart um, in seasons of past.
0: You know, what's fascinating to me is that um, we had 12, or excuse me, 18 shots, three of which were on target. I could have sworn they made so many more saves than that. Uh, Am I crazy? There's no way that stat is correct. I'm looking at it on Google right now. I, I swear their goalie had at least five or six saves, because I remember a few good options, so I'm not sure exactly where they get that stat from. It felt like in the second half we had three alone. We definitely had more energy and and more opportunities, I thought. I think
1: that we had a lot of them that were just almost there. Um, You know, ones that the the last ball was either not on target or someone came at the last minute or it stalled inside the 18 or even the six sometimes, Uh, which again is frustrating that we're not doing better than that. But there's something there, and I think that this match. And again, maybe it just was that I knew we were going to win at the end. But rewatching it this morning, I saw that I saw that glamour of something, you know, hidden in the in the rubble, um, and it made me feel better about about the the showing last night.
0: I want to know what you think about Jan's performance today because uh, I thought he had a pretty good performance coming back from his international break. People had kind of been talking about his form had dipped the last couple of games, especially in relation to how he performs next to Reynoso. But uh, I thought he looked pretty sharp, had some great passes, good energetic interceptions where he's stepping up to you know jump on the pass. Uh, and I, I thought he did a pretty good job last night.
1: Yes, especially I think almost in his defensive game last night. He had a couple really where he read the play and stepped up and took the ball. Um, and we were headed the other way, his offensive showing last night was good i like to see him take those shots um the one he had in the second half you know deflected off a player and went up out of bounds um he had one in the first half that was about the same um i love to see him take those shots i i wish he would do a little better with them it seems like a lot of them either go way over or they like squib kicks along the ground Um, but i know that that's i mean it's a low percentage shot he's taking so um, i'll still take him taking those but overall i yeah i felt very good about jan and it seems i'd like to see jan
0: take a shot a game yeah. at least I
1: think, yes. If nothing else, just to keep the defense honest and not let them, you know, if you don't, if you don't pressure Jan and he's coming up on, you know, 20 yards, he's going to rip one and every once in a while, one of them going to go in. So if nothing else, keep, keep them honest.
0: I think part of the problem that we're seeing, um, is that if you remember when Jan scored earlier this year with Luis Amaria, it was that great pass off from Luis Amaria against Portland, took that, er, no, excuse me. Sorry. That was San Jose um, but he had a great pass from Lisa Maria um, and Jan just buried it. I think where Jan will get the correct time and space to take those shots is when we do have a striker who can challenge the defense. Because right now they can play against the midfielders and no disrespect to Kai, but he's not really a threat lately. He just hasn't been the player that I think we were expecting him to be as far as we've been at least. Um, but once we have a striker who really can challenge the defense and they have to game plan for that striker, that's where I think you're going to see some really great shots and potential goals from Jan because they'll have more space to take a real driven, low, hard shot and hopefully a couple of those get knocked in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another, another not great night from Kai. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm obviously still very hopeful. I hope he gets together this year yet. Um, he's got a lot going on. You know, he he just came to the team, and you know he's still living in a hotel somewhere. I I can't imagine ch- trying to get all that through and and go play. Um, with that said, I think we all agree that what we're seeing from him right now is not great. He's doing a lot of work defensively, um, which if that's the direction he's getting, I guess that's good. Um, it, it's he's not the the goal scoring threat that I think we all were hoping he would be when he came in, or at least yet
0: what i think is really interesting about the kai kamara thing is when he came on there was a lot of very interesting back and forth talk about is he a bad influence in the locker room is he a locker room cancer blah 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 um from what i've seen i don't believe any of that at all uh and i think one of the biggest points to that is he is so willing to track back and play defense and move back I don't love it for a striker but to me that indicates that you're unselfish you're willing to play the team game you're coming back you're trying to play defense you're trying to cut out some of those passing lanes so he looks like he at least is buying into whatever tactics Heath is telling them to try I just don't get why he's so far back I think he should just be on that line the entire time he doesn't play hold up play so just Stay at the back line the entire time. Pester him. You're Kai Kamara, you know. You're better than these defenders. Why not just stay there and hopefully, you know, track into a pass and, and get a shot or two? Because he really isn't, he hasn't had that many shots on the team, frankly. And that's the biggest thing. If we can get the ball at his feet, maybe he'll score, but he just hasn't had the ball at his feet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and there was there was a, a cross sent in by Metaner, maybe, that was, it was the type of cross I want to see us get him. It might have been Finley. It was the type of cross I want to see us get him because it was the type that he could win. It was hard-driven. It was right at his you know, his height level. Um, he ended up not winning that one. The, the defender had a better position on it. But that was very encouraging. Um, overall, not a great night from Kai Kamara, though. Uh, in the 75th minute, we finally see subs um, Reynoso and Re- uh, Aaron Schoenfeld come on for Finley and Kai Kamara. And then um, Lude and Molino switch so that Molino's out left and Lude's on the right. Um, I was super excited to see Reneoso come in, uh, especially where we're on the game. It felt like whatever shape he's in, at this point he can make a, he can make a difference, you know, um, when he's a, a player of that quality. So just get him in there. Um, so I was happy to see him come in. And uh, Aaron Schoenfeld, we've had a lot of talk about Aaron Schoenfeld last week, obviously. I thought even beyond the goal, he looked better this week.
0: He looked better this week. I still think there was a couple of things I saw from him late in the game. And this is not to take away from the goal because it won us the game. So awesome from Aaron. But um, I still see some movement up top where he kind of is hiding himself behind the defender. He's running on the wrong side of his defender. He's not floating into open spaces. Um, It's just not exactly what you want to see from your striker. That being said... What you do want to see from your striker is in those gross, gritty moments, you finish the ball. And that's what we needed in the game, and and Aaron gave it to us. So hats off to Aaron. Uh, I sent a tweet right after he scored that I've always loved Aaron, and I've made that well-known. I've never said anything bad about Aaron. Only flowering, glowing praises for Aaron. Of course, I've always been right. No, we're we're willing to admit when we're wrong. That yes. man
1: does nothing but score goals.
0: We are willing to admit when we are wrong, and I was wrong, he had a great goal. But we no matter what, no matter what, I think you and I can agree on this, Alex. We just need to see more from our strikers. Just dangerous positions or dangerous shots, one or the other. He
1: did a lot better on hold-up play. He, he was doing more of winning the ball and drawing fouls and those types of things that I, I think he is better suited for. I don't ever expect him to get, you know, 18 goals a season. Um, He is there to do that hold-up play, and I think he did that much better yesterday. And he did well on that goal. I mean, that was not—they called it the—the Cincinnati broadcast called it like a scrum or like an ugly goal. And when we watch it, it really wasn't. Boxall made a really great—got up, headed it off the post— and Schoenfeld took two very clean touches and finished it very calmly. I mean, it was it was definitely a scrum inside the six, but it wasn't flailing and you know the ball rolls over the the line while three people are laying down. You know, he did well to take that down and, and score. And it ended up going in between the goalie's legs, which is such a perfect way to end that night because we made it so much more difficult on ourselves than we needed to all night long, without a doubt. And then to have the the final
0: goal in the 92nd minute go through the
1: goalie's legs was just like, of course, that's how it ends. Now, uh, did you
0: see FC Cincinnati's Twitter account tweeting out a little bit of uh, salt and pepper about the corner kick not being a corner kick? That ended up
1: being a very interesting talking point on the on the whole night. Was that they were before the corner even happens, they're complaining about the fact that it didn't come off or it came off of Reynoso. Uh, allegedly. Was to, allegedly. allegedly. Allegedly, let's
0: let's like to let's walk it back here.
1: Uh, yeah, allegedly came off of Reynoso. I didn't see it. Um, We all saw that the the replay ended up cutting into the goal happening. Um, We kind of came back, and it was already in. We missed Boxall's initial header. So it was definitely contentious. Um,
0: I'm surprised there wasn't another angle. I'm willing to go ahead and say that there's a possibility. I rewatched it closely today, and I can see... Truthfully, I'm not trying to be biased. I can see where it kind of looks like it comes off... Is it Pedersen, or it's Nick? Nick, uh... Anyways, it, it, I could see where it comes off the Cincinnati defender. I could see where it comes off Reno so it kind of has the possibility for both. I'm surprised we didn't see a second camera angle. That it being did, said,
1: it like it happened. They scored. We moved on. The game was over, and like the broadcast ended. It just it did feel, for how big of a moment it was, it did kind of feel like everyone just moved on pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, you'd think you'd want to check it. I could see being upset, but also on the other hand, we didn't get anywhere near goal, all game on corners. And so if you have to put up one last defense, you got to defend the corner better. You kind of deserve that, Cincy. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. When it's that questionable, you don't have a good angle of it going off of Reynoso, which let's talk about Reynoso for a second. Do it. Dude gets COVID. Yes. Comes back with no practices. And 15 minutes and he immediately is almost nearly the same player he was before just yes full-on sprinting giving everything for the team he's the real deal man and i just think we haven't even begun to scratch the
1: surface yet i mean not only has he not had time to really acclimate to you know the players around him and and what heath wants him to do uh, but just the league i think you see that a lot um with with players coming in where you think that they're working out or not working out and then, you know, either all of a sudden they figure it out or they come back next year and they're just like, oh man, this is, you know, leaps and bounds more than what we saw. And I really think that, like, next year we're going to see him, like, really start to show what he's made of. Um,
0: and I think he'll be, you know, an MLS best 11 for sure. Um, I think what Reynoso he, he, needs, because he's not, he's not even the guy who gets assists, what Reynoso needs is people who know where he wants to pass. And he needs to know where his teammates want to run. And once we can get on that same page, 100% agree. MLS is best eleven. Like his vision, his work rate, his passing, his defensive interceptions. He's a stud. I love that man. I thought Chase had a better night.
1: Uh, he had he had one cross that was again like we talked about, Metinier's cross that went out, out over the back. Uh, but he had another one that was really good. It was a it was a low driven ball that was very dangerous. Um, i thought he played defensively a lot better um, in this 70 something minute um, he picked up a yellow card um, which is actually his sixth yellow card so ozzy has four yellow cards um, his suspension comes on the fifth which at this point seems like will almost definitely happen knowing ozzy uh, chase with six is almost on his way to uh, eight uh, you get another suspension when you if you have eight yellow cards um, I don't think Chase will get there. doesn't seem like it. Um, if you play five matches without a card, you can get one removed, but uh, with only so many games left in the regular season, that can't happen. Uh,
0: what did you think of Boxy and Debossy last night?
1: I mean, they've just. What they've done back there, I think, is astonishing. and I don't think it gets enough credit. I think that they've become such a good pairing back there, and they just have such a control over the back, you know, over the defensive line and and they very rarely get beat Um, there's a few times we caught their players off sides um, which i think is is a huge testament to the amount of work that they've been doing to to get to know each other Um, i the two of them i just i can't say enough about especially Debasi because he was not on the team he was kind of late pickup for him to come in and and do the things he's doing i think um, is is just so important for us
0: doing the things he's doing plus english isn't his first language He's played in League 1 his entire career, I believe, so fact-check me on that. But then switching to MLS, which is a very different style of league, it's a little bit more physical, it's less technical, he's looked really solid, and I'm very impressed with him so far, especially just the cohesion he and DeBasi, excuse me, he and Boxall have had. You know, they, they don't look like guys who just met each other three weeks ago. Now, what did you think of Metinier's performance? I'm trying to not think about it.
1: It was bad. It was so bad. I <laughs> I was said I was going to be positive the rest of the podcast. It was not It was a trap question. Good. I knew it I could lure you in. It was not at. good. I mean, from the crosses to the throw-in to that quick start that almost cost us a goal, um, in the 77th minute, I think it was, he got spun around like a top, and luckily the the – the the cincinnati player didn't finish but whew, he
0: i don't know man that was a rough showing you know it looks like he's not having fun and i know that sounds crazy to be like oh they're professionals like but they're not having fun but the point being he just he seems frustrated and i don't know if it's him you know in his own head because he's got his own standards whatever it might be even at his worst the crazy part is he's still a top-level player. He's still good. That's the craziest part. It
1: looks like it's just in his head, too. I mean, they're not... It's It's not even like he's just playing badly. He's just doing dumb stuff. And it's like, what? dude... Weird better, choices. Yeah, weird just choices. Just strange
0: choices. And he's one of... At least, you know, last year when he was doing his really good string of performances that led to him being selected as an All-Star, his decision-making was impeccable. And you know, there's nothing you can say about his choices. They were always, almost always the right choice. Um, but whatever that's Cincinnati, um, we get three points. I think there was some
1: encouragement. If you haven't watched it again, uh, and you have the means to, I would encourage you to go back and watch it again. Um, and just try and look for some of those moments of, Oh, that's working towards something bigger. Um, elsewhere around the MLS, um, some upsets. Uh, some interesting things happening. Like we talked about last week, we're starting to see the, the complications of the schedule show up um, on in people's results. Um, uh, DC United had a late winner against Atlanta United, uh, which is always, uh, a welcome surprise for us here in Minnesota to see, you let's know, go to see our, our brother in, you know, in, in, uh, the MLS go, uh, lose one at home, um, Kansas city kind of spanked Colorado. Um, Gerso had an amazing goal that fourth goal by Gerso if you haven't seen it yet go back Um, super strong play to fight off a defender super cheeky little chip at the end really really good goal Um, and also we saw a two-game suspension for the player who had the nasty tackle against Dotson which doesn't help us in the result against Houston Um, maybe some type of uh, makes makes some people feel a little better about what happened but Um, certainly makes it more frustrating that he didn't get a red card. Yeah,
0: it's tough because if he would have gotten a red card in game, which they're admitting, they're literally admitting that they made a mistake and he should have, if he would have gotten a red card at that point in the game, there's no guarantee that we win, but trying to win 10 versus 11 is pretty tough. Uh, You got to imagine that that ends up being three points for us. We should not be relying on red cards to win games. So I think there's just no excuse that we didn't win it as a team. But it's still frustrating when clearly he should have been sent off. You have to make examples out of moments like that. And you know, the referee just got caught up in how early the game was and made the wrong choice. But the fact is we should have
1: won a lot of other reasons and we shouldn't have needed to go up by 10 or go up by a man to do so. So um, who, who even says we would have won that way too? Um, either way, uh, hopefully, Dotson. We, we hear that it's going to be three to five weeks, which is you know basically all the regular season and into whatever playoffs we have probably. So we'll s- hopefully he's feeling better. Um, a quick recovery, definitely don't push him back. You know, take your time and and get that ankle right. Whatever we don't know what's long with it. It just they say swollen. So um,
0: he's he's a young player. I would rather we lose him more short term then rush him too early and we lose him for a long portion long term. Uh, Just on the DC United victory over Atlanta United, I gotta say it really feels like the Atlanta's the older brother who was like the captain of the football team and was really popular in high school and you ended up getting like a good job at Google or something and you got to be a lot more popular and successful. That's kind of how it feels right now, because the first couple of years, we were just compared to Atlanta over and over. I was at that first snowy game where we got our teeth kicked in by Atlanta United. Um, it is so good to see the quote-unquote winning culture, Atlanta. All we do is win. Just get rocked by the worst team. I love it. I, it is just shot and fraud, or however you pronounce that, uh, at its greatest.
1: You know, I I feel all those things for Atlanta. Um, it, they're definitely, you know, the yeah the si- the the sibling whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't carry that over. There's there's a lot of hate for Joseph Martinez in Minnesota. Oh no, hey, I love plays that man for Atlanta, and I think that I can't go that far. Joseph Martinez is a very good player. He's generally enjoyable to watch. It hurts when he scores on you, but. That's a situation where you have to set aside and say, you know what, you know, respect, respect's due. But, yes, watching them lose is is always a good feeling. Um, uh, maybe we'll have to get an Atlanta fan on sometime so they can defend themselves. Um, interesting match there. We also had El Trafico, um, where LAFC beat LA Galaxy 2-0. Um, really good to see Carlos Vela come back and get one. We could definitely talk about that probably for a while. But I think we're gonna wrap up there so we make sure we get uh, time to have our interview in. Um, We recorded the interview earlier today due to some technical difficulties. um, Only I was able to join the interview. I weren't able to get Grant on. So you're just gonna hear my voice, Uh, but hopefully you enjoy. This week, we're super excited to be joined by Drew Picard. He is the Vice President of the Independent Supporter Council, or the ISC, and as such, serves on the Supporter Shield Foundation, which is the board that decides whether or not to give out the Supporter Shield and manages everything else that's involved with it. So, Drew, thank you so much for joining us to start. If you want to just give us a little background on uh, where you're located, um, the various different positions you hold, um, and kind of what your position means for the Supporter Shield Foundation specifically.
2: Yeah, so... um... I, uh, since being from Portland, uh, I'm an uh, avid timber supporter and uh, have kind of worked my way up through the ranks of the Timbers Army, Uh, currently sitting on the board of the 107 Independent Supporters Trust, the uh, organization behind uh, what you see as the Timbers Army in the stands. And then um, from there moved up to ISC, uh, currently serving as the vice president there. And then, with the rebuilding of the Supporter Shield Foundation that's going on right now. Uh, We use the vice president spot of ISC as kind of the bridge uh, between the two foundations. So I serve on the uh, Supporter Shield Foundation uh, with that purpose. Um, It's it's mostly just to, um, since they are two different foundations, but they are closely tied, uh, we just wanna make sure that there's a common bridge there uh, for communications purposes, as well as um, just a little bit of oversight. So.
1: so this year has obviously been very strange. From you know, I was actually in Portland for Minnesota United's first match against Portland, the season opener, and it feels like a, like a lifetime ago. It's crazy to think that it was actually still just this year. Um, then things everything gets put on hold. We're down in Orlando a bit, still unsure whether it's going to be a season. Uh, at what point did you start talking about? Um, what would become of the supporter shield this year?
2: Um, yeah, so we we kinda of started talking about it uh right at the beginning of the the MLS's back tournament. Um as of then that was the only indication of, you know, more games being played this season outside of what had been played earlier in the year. Uh purely based on that. It didn't make sense to us to have a supporter shield as you know, the season at that point had only been, you know, two to three matches for each team. So there was no really, there wasn't a good indication as to who would be, you know, top of the top of the league at that point. Uh, they did say that the points occurred during the, you know, the group stages would technically count as as seasonal points. But um, for us, that just didn't really make any sense. Um, so we started talking, having the conversations then. Uh, we did settle on a decision uh, but after a little bit into the tournament and toward the end of it especially um, is when the, the announcements of the, the post-tournament play uh, started kind of coming out. And so we held off on our decision then knowing that uh, there was going to be some semblance of a season that we could base our decision on and based you know, the, the end result on. But uh, unfortunately, as we all know, the, the scheduling got a little funky. Um, especially when it it comes to, you know, Canadian teams versus American teams. Uh, It just, it was highly imbalanced to us. We understand that, you know, technically this season has always been a little imbalanced, Um, but at least, you know, every team has always played each other at least once Um, the conference play sure you're playing more teams within your conference more than whatnot, but, uh, you know, with this season, it was just, you know, there's some teams that still to this day had not played each other in this, you know, in this league, in this, in this season of 2020. And you have Chicago playing pretty much almost every team. And then some teams have only played six teams and then it just, it's just really crazy to us. So um, that on top of then the postponements from Colorado, uh, which really have really kind of affected the West coast, because then, you know, pretty much all the West coast teams are going to be, down some matches um we we just decided that that was what we really needed to make the decision uh, then so
1: yeah and it's interesting you know i've people have talked about uh i was listening to david gas who's on extra time also has a show that's look it's canadian based um, it's called the football podcast and him and his co hosts were talking and they were like well if we had made the decision sooner i think things would have been a lot different um which to your point you you everyone there was fully aware of that this decision needed to be made Um, and it sounds like you were making decisions i mean you had a decision back when it was just orlando but as things change obviously that decision is changing so it would have been hard for you to make an announcement anytime earlier right um
2: completely true totally and that's that, that exact feedback is what we have gotten um from most of our uh, our, our members and our supporters as well as that uh, really a lot of the, the ire uh, towards our, our statement is just purely based on timing, um, which we understand. Yeah, it's shitty timing when it comes down to, you know, five, six matches left. And, you know, there are some clear uh, forefront winners for the top of the, the league standings, but um you know, decisions do take time, and you know, had we made the decision after the MLS's as tournament and and released the decision that we weren't going to award the shield, and then all of a sudden, now we have this whole season's worth of games afterwards. It's like, then we're going to have to go back and you know reverse the decision anyway. Um, so we we really just decided it would have been better to hold off and see what was going to happen.
1: Well, sure, and you brought up, I mean, Colorado, if. Before the Colorado and, and other cases as well, Minnesota, we had a few, um, and, you know, there was a couple other ones along the way, but Colorado definitely obviously had the biggest impact. Um, before that, do you feel like you were feeling better about awarding it, even though the schedule was somewhat unbalanced, or was it the schedule itself, was that kind of the downfall of it? Um, even
2: with the imbalances, I think if any everybody had been playing the same amount of games, sure as everybody has said, like, you know, award the shield, put the asterisk next to it, just like everything else with 2020. And um, sure, I think if, if it wasn't for postponements, I think it totally would have been somewhat okay to continue to award the shield. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're looking at, you know, a team that is gonna be playing six to seven matches less than everybody else. Plus, like I said, you know, that affects all the West Coast teams, cause then that's, you know, at least a match or two down um that that just isn't doesn't make sense to us.
1: And so as it stands, yeah, on October 17th is when the Twitter post came out that it wouldn't be awarded this year. Um were you surprised by the the I don't want to say backlash, by the outrage maybe or <laughs> or how how strong people <laughs> felt about that decision? Um I think we were more surprised
2: by the breadth of the, however you want to phrase, uh, um, you know, opposition to our uh, our decision, um, we knew there was going to be some coming back at us. Um, obviously, from from the teams that are higher up in the standings that you know that are vying for this uh, for this award. Um, we didn't think it was going to get. As nasty as it did, um, we understand it's a it's a coveted award when it comes to our supporters and our members, and 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 we do also recognize that you know the players do understand this trophy. Um, it does mean something to them, so we all took that into effect when we were making this decision, and we knew that that was it was going to be difficult to take. Um, we did not realize that it was worth um, personal social media attacks and and personal email uh, being sent towards us that was that was a shock and a surprise uh, made for a really fun week this past week um but yeah no we knew we knew we were going to get some backlash we just didn't uh, we didn't realize it was going to be that uh, that much
1: right yeah i mean i think with any decision you know when you're on a board whether it's you know Uh, for the 107 it's there I'm I'm on my board here in um, in Minnesota Um, you know decisions are oftentimes met with you know people disagreeing on them one way or another Um, but the level that we saw with this supporter shield decision I think really surprised me the the week before we had talked about it on this podcast and I said like you know this is when it wasn't going to be given Um, and my feeling was like I don't you know either way is really fine with me at the end of the day it's the people who volunteer their time who get to make those decisions. And if people feel strongly about it, maybe they should consider volunteering their time. Um, and then when I saw more and more of the the um, the strong feelings towards that, I think I was even felt strong more strongly about that. Um, how much did you hear from individual supporter groups around the league?
2: So um, we heard quite a bit. Uh, we were tracking where where some of the best input was coming from and and uh we actually heard from pretty much every single supporters group uh like i shouldn't say every single supporters group but um at least representatives from every single mls team um they all had input we did end up um that sunday afterwards putting out a a submission form basically asking for uh direct opinions and input um and we did get submissions. We made sure we got something from, from every team. Um, and was that
1: through the ISC reps that each one has appointed?
2: Correct. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how we base our membership. Um, like we said, you know, shield foundation and, and the ISC work very close hand in hand, although they are separate organizations and shield foundation. I mean, if you really look at it, technically doesn't have members. Um, so we, we use. ISC's membership group as our representatives um, in a way, so um, Yeah, so we, we heard from everybody um, We did a couple that we did a, a meeting with some input um, We were in full communication with a bunch of people after that. We realized we should have done that outreach sooner um,
1: How much in, did you just, if at all did you talk to the league during that time?
2: Yeah, so we actually um we had made a post um, on October second to to representatives, um, announcing kind of what our well announcing basically what our decision was. Um, we had thought we were asking for input. The way it was phrased uh, was not taken as such. Um, but nobody had said anything at that point. Um, so we actually contacted the league um, a couple days after that. So. Um, they were we were in contact with the league for a couple of weeks, um, as well as the MLSPA, um, in, in regards to the decision. So they they had a good heads up. Um, they, you know, we weren't asking the league for, you know, for their decision on whether we should award it or not, because in the end, it is the Supporter Shield; it is our award to to give out. Um, but we did want to make sure that they had a heads up on on the decision, so that way they could prepare because as we all know, like that's a CCL position and, and potential C- CCL position. And uh, there's contracts and stuff that are involved with the the top seeded team. Um, we're glad to hear that even if we hadn't awarded that wasn't going to be affected. Um, the top seeded team was still going to get their CCL berth potentially, and, and they were still going to get their player bonuses. And um, so, yeah, so that was not a thing, but um,
1: where, yeah, how do we are we definitely
2: talking to the league.
1: Yeah, coming out of this, how do you feel about where that ownership of the support actually lies? I think that, you know, MLS gets a lot of flack for, or sometimes I should say, they get a lot of flack for um, where that, you know, the supporter presence ends and the league starts. Um, and I think that you, you hear a lot from different supporter groups where they feel like their, you know, image is being used or as long as they're helping you know, market the league. The league is great with it. Um, but then when something comes up like, you know, the the Antifa debate last year, um, you realize that you really are kind of standing on two different ends. So with this supporters you'll discuss you know, something that was made by the supporters, funded by the supporters, now all of a sudden you have the league kind of like, hey, what the heck guys, we got to get this thing out. Um, how did that kind of feel going through it and coming out of it? Do you have maybe different views on it?
2: Um, I don't have different views on it. I think the league was more kind of like what the hell are you thinking mostly because they were looking out for their players um and they do as much as they can try to try to you know put out some some marketing around the shield um we are careful with that because one of the biggest points of the supporter shield is that it is an award that doesn't have any um you know it doesn't have any sponsorships linked to it it doesn't have any marketing money um linked to it. So we are careful of that. Um, but, you know, like you said, it was supporters created. It was supporters funded. Um, it's supporters managed. Uh, so in, in the end, it is our shield. Um, whether the league thinks they have some type of say over it, I think we now proved that they, they really don't. <laughs> um, uh, so it doesn't mean that we don't, want them involved it's just we just want to make sure that the lines are very clear that this is you know when it comes down to the the trophy itself that this is our award
1: Um, yeah and talking to the pa that's i mean that must have been interesting too i think i was personally surprised at how strongly the players felt about not getting it you know like you said they still had the ccl birth all those things so i wasn't expecting such a strong reaction from the players who felt they wanted an opportunity to get which makes me happy i'm glad that it's become a trophy that people you know, they 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 feel so strongly about. Did that surprise you, or, or was that were you expecting that?
2: Uh, I, I to say that we weren't expecting it would be wrong. Um, maybe not necessarily the the public posts of their um, disapproval, um, but we knew. I mean, we we definitely know that. The, especially players that have been with MLS for for a good long standing they know what the trophy is um and, and sure it it's to to have something tangible to show your efforts um i don't think there's a single person that says that they they can't they they want that right um so i can definitely see their their side of it um, and like I said, we took that into consideration. We wouldn't have re- reached out to the Players Association if we didn't think that that was gonna be an issue. And, and we wanted to really make sure that the, the players at least understood that this wasn't to demean or to take away from the this efforts that they put into the season because, I mean, granted they've put even more into this season probably than they've had to in the past, just because of the, you know, being away from families and, and being secluded and quarantined. Um, it, it takes a lot out of them. And uh, we, we really wanted to make sure that, that we weren't
1: um,
2: demeaning their efforts by any means. Um, it just didn't it didn't initially feel right to us.
1: Yeah. But so October 23rd, we hear that the shipwaters' shield is back on and it will be given out as normal. Um, was that a, a difficult decision to make or once you had heard everything, was everyone kind of in and and it moved forward pretty smoothly?
2: Yeah, so um, like I said on that Sunday, after we made that first initial public post, we put out that survey. Um, We, as the results were coming in, realized um, that the decision was way more split than we had initially thought it would be. Um, And once we put out that survey, um, we talked and realized that this is this was how the decision really should have been made in the beginning. Um, and that's how we were going to then base um, our decisions going forward so we've truly let that um, submissions form guide our uh, guide our hand going forward from there so in the end um, you can basically say the decision actually wasn't the supporter shield foundation in a way um, it was the decision of the supporters um, to reverse our decision and eventually now um, as folks hopefully know um, that the Supporter Shield will, will be awarded for the 2020 season.
1: With with such a, a, a challenging year that we're in right now and everything is upside down and nothing is normal, do you think that this experience kind of leads you to think that there needs to be a difference in the way that these types of decisions are made? Or do you think that um, this was a one-off thing and, and maybe next time around you'll you'll have a lesson learned but you don't need a major restructure of the, the board?
2: Um... No, I mean, there's kind of two parts to that. Um, You know, serving on boards and hopefully other people. You know, especially like yourself, um, folks that serve on boards can understand. You know, we are elected. Um, Two of us are appointed, but um, we are still truly. I mean, if we're also, even though we're appointed, we're elected into the positions that get us here. Um, So there are some decisions that, as elected. officials of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Foundation that we should be able to make, Um, however, there are decisions that um, are are a little bit bigger and need need more input. Um, So I think it'll just have to be something that we'll just have to be really careful um, going forward that we we weigh that um, when we're we're making these decisions. So um, there's a lot of restructuring that's going to come down uh, with the S.H.I.E.L.D. Foundation it's uh, it's been needed for a while, so that's been a big project for us this year and then going forward as well. Um, so we'll see some some changes to how we're making those decisions for sure. Um, and and if anything, kind of a big win that I'm taking from the past week is that um, it's shown that people really do care about the supporter shield, um, and it's kind of reignited the fire. Um, so we're hoping next year we can in some way get it out there into the public um, so people can can see it or or actually get to have something tangible to learn um, about its history and and what its spirit means
1: yeah that'd be awesome i mean it's it's you see you see the, you see the the awarding ceremony um, which is something hopefully i will be a part of someday uh, and you know it's other than that, you don't really see much of it throughout the year if you don't have it. Um, so the the shield is back on. Does that mean the wooden spoon is on as well?
2: I am wearing a shield foundation hat today, so I cannot uh, answer that question.
1: Um, that is an ISC decision. Um, Okay. And I, I will have to, I'll have to poke my ISC contacts to see <laughs> if the wooden spoon is back on as well. Um, um, sounds, so I can sounds... either confirm nor deny okay. um,
2: whether that decision will stand. <laughs> um, that one's, that one is a funny one because that one's, um, you know, I would definitely argue that I'm, I'm pretty sure most people that knew or don't know about the Supporter Shield, even less people know about the wooden spoon. And uh that one's kind of more of a a, a make fun award anyway, um, but it's still it's still a fun one to award and it's still a fun one to get. Um, Cincinnati was actually uh, over the moon ecstatic to have won the, the spoon last year, which I find to be utterly hilarious.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, we worked. We worked real hard to win it. Our first couple of years in the MLS, but we could just <laughs> never. We could never quite get there, you know. And it's 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 hard to win the uh, it's hard to
2: win the league, and it's also hard to, to lose the week, you know. Like, um, yeah, no, it's it's a good award. Um, it's been fun to see the other leagues uh, hop on that train and start their own uh, their own wooden cutlery awards. Um, no, it's it's yeah, it's a valid question. It's a fun award, especially being another supporters-driven uh, trophy. I think it's one of the kind of the fun things about the the North American leagues is that there's a lot of trophies that are supporter-driven um, that come purely just from
1: the passion and, and spirit of the supporters. Awesome. Well, before I let you go, is there anything else? Just uh, open time to to say anything you want to to the people who have been following the you know the saga here and. And, you know, anything you want to leave them with before we go?
2: Um, yeah. Uh, I, I just, you know, thank you for everyone that reached out and, and, and voiced your, your opinion on it. Um, it showed us, like I said, it showed us how much, um, how much passion there really is for the Shield. Um, so keep doing that. Um, we listened. We're going to be listening to the supporters from here on out uh, more and more. And uh, we, we just hope that we can move on from this and uh, grow the shield even more um, than, than what it has been in the past. So that's, that's our biggest, biggest primary piece of this is just that we want to make sure that uh, people get that we weren't we weren't trying to, you, know, ruin the shield or, or you know, demean its, its spirit and purpose. Um, we, we just want to uh, do what's best here. So um, that, that'll be in our hearts
1: going forward. Awesome. Well, Drew, thank you so much uh, to you and, and everyone else who, who puts in their time to, to help keep this thing going. And and thank you for taking a moment to talk to us today and, and give us a little more insight into you know how we got here. And um, it was really great talking to you.
2: You as well. Thank you so much.
1: Great interview. Uh, Super awesome to be able to hear from him specifically, you know, directly the person who's part of it. Uh, Grant, sorry you couldn't join us. We had some technical difficulties, so one of us had to drop off, and uh, that's why you didn't hear Grant in there. Uh, But super great interview. That's something we're going to try and do is is bring different people in and and get you guys that perspective on on different things around the league, not just us talking. But uh, to that point, we're going to take a look at some of the questions that we got this
0: week. Uh, yeah, Alex. So, you know, we actually got a lot more questions than I was expecting this week. So if you submitted us a question to at dummy run pod, big thanks. Uh, we got some really good discussion questions. And unfortunately, I'm such a rambler and long talker that I've used up a ton of our time. So if we didn't answer your question today uh, after this segment, you know, please feel free to hit us back up. We'll we'll answer it for sure um, next week when we have uh, not a guest speaker. So. Um, One of the first questions I just want to touch uh, with you, Alex, is from Blue Green Loon Loon, at Green underscore Loon. Um, They asked, four road games in quick succession remain for the Loon's, three at home, one on the road. Can we get enough points to get a home playoff game? Which I think is a great question. So we have four games left. We have a home game against Colorado and away game against Sporting Kansas City a home game against Chicago Fire, and a home game against FC Dallas. So I just wanna set this up for you, Alex, and then I'm gonna shift it over to you. Uh, first off, Colorado. Ranked 22nd in the league, 5-5-4 uh, five, five, record. They are 3-4-1 when away, because we'll be home, they'll be away. What do you think, do we beat Colorado?
1: Yes, I think we beat Colorado normally. Um, watching them play last night, uh, I caught the end of that Kansas City match. They looked good in the, in the first half. They, they went to halftime tied, uh, but then when they came in the second half, you, you saw the fatigue setting and not being able to train, they were gassed, you know, Kansas City put four on them in the second half. So I think that's when we win. Um, I'm also feeling like having that late winner, uh, last night is going to kind of propel us and we're going to be feeling good going into this, this
0: next match. Sounds good. I honestly think, uh, I think we tie this one, you know, Colorado plays us tough. I don't like them, but they are scrappy. Uh, I think this is going to be an ugly 1-1 tie. That's what I'm putting it as. Uh, So Alex has three points from Colorado, one point for Grant. Uh, Next would be Sporting Kansas City, which is away. They are ranked number four in the league with a 10-6-3 record. However, they're 6-4-1 when home, which is worse than their away record. So they're not as solid as we kind of thought they would be they're, they're almost 500 on wins and loss slash ties combined uh tough game what do you think alex that that one's gonna be tough i don't see us
1: i think that's a game we go down there we, we try and get one point uh, we're gonna play to get one point um and hopefully we can hold on to it i don't see us going down there and getting a win uh, we'll see how things go maybe 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 last night was a, a springboard and we're gonna come up you know rip Taron, but i don't think that's going to be a anything more than one point
0: yeah i would agree with you i think that's a one-one a tie and i think that's also one point for us as well so we're we're eye to eye on that one um upsets happen We'll be down for zero well, okay Put okay zero. we're putting alex down for yeah. zero all right okay so then we've got a uh, home against chicago fire ranked 20th in the league with a five eight and six record they are oh five and three on away uh Alex, I'm going to tip this over to you right after I say we better win this game or I'm going from heath in between to heath out. I think what that's do you think, one, Alex? I think
1: that's one we win. I do.
0: Yeah, it's got that's got to be a win. If we're not beating Chicago Fire at home, they've got uh Robert Beric, Beric, however you pronounce his name, I think he is a stud striker. I think he's dangerous. But they don't have a lot of other options. We have to be able to beat them. That has to be three points and if it's not that's a bad sign so three for alex three for grant let's go on to fc dallas at home they are ranked 13th six five and seven record one four and three went away alex what do we think i think that's one we win
1: um it's decision day it's going to be cold it'll be interesting to see how much the cold truly helps us i tweeted that for my personal account kai kamara mentioned the cold being an advantage for us with how much training we do inside and how many new guys we have, I don't really see that being a huge advantage for us. Um, but I do think that we still beat Dallas at home. Um, unless we don't need to, if, if it's, you know, it's decision day, we kind of already got our place locked in, you know, maybe, maybe it won't matter at that point. Um, and we kind of throw out, throw out a, a lesser lineup or something, but if it's a game we need to win, I think we beat Dallas at home.
0: Okay. I think we'd be Dallas at home. I would actually, again, I would probably agree with that too. Um, you you think about they're traveling the day of, and yeah, I think we do practice inside, but there's a lot to be said for just even acclimating from your car to the building to that weather, we're used to it. We're expecting how cold it's gonna be. Maybe we're not out there all day practicing, but we're we're expecting that cold. They're gonna be hopping on a nice warm Uber or limo or whatever to the airport, hopping on a nice warm plane, uh, going from the plane to the stadium and then out onto the field where they're gonna go. Oh man, it's really cold. My sister lives in Dallas. She sends me snaps that say 85 degrees, 80 degrees. They're not ready. If you have a an M- authentic MLS jersey
1: or maybe even a replica, put that thing on and go outside right now. I wore mine on yesterday and I could not believe how cold it was. I mean, they're they're nothing, right? So that was shocking to me. You're I mean, they you see him wearing undershirts and stuff, but it's yeah it's gonna be cold man i think that yeah and that game's what that's that game's still a couple weeks away it's gonna be cold. it's gonna be real
0: cold also i just have a great picture of you head to toe in soccer gear just standing out there <laughs> testing the weather <laughs> just gotta just gotta see exactly how cold it is yes
1: i went full kid uh, wanker on, on yeah definitely every every match day so
0: to uh to answer green loon's question um you have us getting nine points out of the next four games I have us getting eight points out of us. Okay, I thought I had less points than you. Okay. Yeah. No, I I thought that's how it was going to be, too. So, eight or nine points, either one, I think is very. It's obviously ambitious, but it's what we need to be doing. If we hit either of those score totals, I think we do um, bump ourselves up into a home field advantage, which, again, if the FC Dallas game is any indication, that may be a big deal against teams who are flying the day of. So great question. Love that. Alex, any thoughts on that before I switch to the next question? Uh
1: that also assumes that we do go by wins and losses and not points per game. The points per game can become a totally different conversation if that's what
0: they decide to do. Great point. Very great point. Next we have uh Nicholas Bisbee at Nico Biz asks if you could pluck one striker off any team in the MLS not named Joseph Martinez, who do you pick? Uh, and he wants to state that his pick would be Rudy Raul Rudy great, great choice. Well, Alex, yeah. I'll let you take this one. First. Okay.
1: I mean, Raul Ruiz Diaz has been so good and he looks so good with Seattle, the way that they move. Um, that's a great choice. And it's <laughs> very hard to argue with that. That dude is just so dangerous. So dangerous. Um, to, to make more of like a deep cut, uh, I'm going to say Daryl DK out of Orlando city. Um, He's young and he is really having himself a pretty good year down there. Um, And it's someone he's, you know, uh, I'm taking him for both what he can offer us right now and also going forward, because he's only 20 years old right now and he um, has been a big strong forward with them and kind of looks like the real deal.
0: Okay, very solid choice. Um, I'm gonna state mine and I know I'm gonna get some flack for this, but hear me out.
1: Christian Ramirez. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Christian Ramirez, <laughs> yeah, let's do it, let's go, let's dive into that, let's dive into that rabbit hole. Uh, no, I'm picking Giassi Zardes.
1: No. Here's
0: why, yeah, hear me out, hear me out, okay? We need a finisher, we need somebody who can be in the right places to clean up shots, clean up goals, or create, he's not necessarily the biggest creator in the world, but... I think the runs that he makes are really great. I think he and Emmanuel Reynoso would actually be a very successful pairing. He's got 11 goals and 4 assists. I mean, he's clearly not bad. He's connected very well with Zeller-Aan. Um I like Zardes on a club level. I know he's not a popular player for many people. I'm getting the angry smile from Alex who's looking up statistics right now to prove me wrong, but he would probably be one of my choices. Um, other than that, again, I, I, hesitate to say this knowing the, the storm, it'll whip up, but, uh, Jeremy Obobese really does look like that guy. Yes. And, and I think if it wouldn't be Zardes, it would be Abobasi. Um, and we could just put to rest all of the conversations about that one super draft we won't talk about.
1: You have one chance to bring in a striker for Minnesota United that could change our future. And you're bringing in the 30 year old Jesse Zardes.
0: You know, I put it under the context of one year, so, okay, <laughs> okay all right, okay. Well, no, me, you made me, your choice, man. Me, that's I made good. my choice. You I'm going to die choice. on this one. If if Zardes scores five more goals in the next, no, that's too hard, four more goals. If he hits 15 goals on the year, you owe me a six-pack. How about that? All right, that's Deal. fair. Deal. All right, that's listeners, fair. he's at 14, no, excuse me, 11 goals right now. If he hits 15 goals, that's a solid year. That's a so- it's not a bad year.
1: Colorado. Columbus has been playing trash teams, though. That's a whole conversation. All right.
0: I, I might have been hasty on my Zardes pick, but I, I just think, I think he's better than people give him credit for, and I think that the thing that he succeeds at is the thing that Reynoso and him would connect very well at, which is great off-shoulder runs, good placement, good timing. The through balls there would be beautiful. They would be so nice. That's my thought process.
1: It's, there are no wrong answers, but that's the wrong
0: answer. And then to, just to wrap up our questions for this week, if we didn't answer your question, we'll answer it next week. But to wrap up this week, um, good friends of the podcast, pod on you loons, give them a listen, give them a follow um, at Twitter. They're at podloons. Um, really great guys, Sam and Justin. But they asked, would Lightning McQueen buy car insurance or life insurance?
1: It's a very thought-provoking question and one that- It's
0: controversial. One that's, that's a been controversial for
1: generations. He buys life insurance. Yes.
0: Would he not be a car and therefore life insurance is the same thing? That's a great question. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But we'll move right along.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for getting those questions in. Any ones we didn't get to, we will uh, hit you up in the comments and keep that conversation going there. Uh, to finish off our episode, let's let's real quick talk on uh, next week or next match rather. Um, with, the, with the interview we did, we' definitely are getting a little long so we want to keep things moving here. Um, we talked a bit about Colorado in, a, in our uh, you know questions there. Um, they had a, a rough one with Kansas City where I think you really saw the, the lack of training come through and, and in that second half they were pretty dead. So uh, they're here on Wednesday. Grant, how are you feeling about that?
0: Um, you know, just like we said in our predictions, we got to take some points away. Um, I think we at least get a tie. We have to, but you know, it depends on the health of Reynoso and just if the team can start really clicking, like we saw in brief moments throughout the season. Yeah,
1: it'll be. I think it's when we need to win. Um, I like Colorado. I don't. I hate Colorado actually. Um, but I like what they're doing there. They, they, uh, they are building something, and they've got some good young players that they're they're building around um and i'm excited to see where they go uh, i feel like we have chippy matches with them um you know going back to a, a, a whole time in mls there always seems to be some little scuffle with them um so expect that um you know they, they've got a good thing going there but i don't think it's quite there yet um, and especially with all they're coming off of, i think it will be um, an easy three points and again hopefully uh, last match that late win where you know the guys on the field you could tell they were really energized by it obviously um, I'm hopeful that'll kind of springboard us into into this week and and maybe be the the final the the final strike that we needed to to really get things going.
0: Yeah, agree 100. percent Looking forward to the game. Um, I think we can both agree that no matter what, we need a convincing win against Colorado Rapids for the team morale, for the fan morale. Maybe
1: maybe Kai's old team will be the the breakout game we've all been waiting for.
0: Oh gosh, please give me that Kai revenge game, baby.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Well, awesome. Thank you all for uh, for joining us this week. Um, Continue to hit us up with questions or feedback. um, And we'll we'll keep doing this thing and and hone in and and, uh, hopefully it's something you're looking forward to.
0: Yeah. And don't forget to uh, not to be the annoying podcast guy, but please do give us a like or comment or rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I know everyone asks you to do that, but smash that like button because it really does help us get propelled over the Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Twins podcasts that randomly pop up when you search Minnesota United. So would help us out a lot. We'd really appreciate it and love having you guys listening in. So looking forward to next week. Go Lins. Go Lins.